tonight could go a couple of different ways, but um, I'm probably going to pose a couple of challenges to you. And some of this stuff may be old hat and just, you know, stuff that you've heard a hundred thousand times before. Because if you've been sitting in a church like this for a while, you've heard the word and you've heard the truth. And I praise God for a church that still preaches the truth and still preaches the word. But this is intended to be a bit of a challenge, a little bit of a, a stir you up. Sometimes when we get stirred up, we may get a little bit wiggly. <laughs> don't get agitated. Don't get condemned. Just see what the Lord, see what the Lord is saying. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. And Father, I thank you tonight that as I stand here, that it is your word that is spoken. Mine may be the voice that is heard, but let it be your words that are spoken, your word that changes lives and hearts. Thank you that it is your truth that goes forth, not John's word, not John's opinion, your word, your truth. We thank you for it. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. So sometimes we need a bit of a challenge because all too often the norm and the status quo infiltrate our day-to-day. And just because something that is all around us is present and powerful and accepted doesn't mean it's right or proper. Just because it's dark at night doesn't mean you cannot use a light to reveal the things that are otherwise hidden. So just because what we do or what we say or what we believe or what we profess might be a little bit cross-current to what's going on around us doesn't mean it's not right. You know, salmon swimming up the river to spawn have to come against a great amount of resistance. But the purpose of it is to plant their seed. Just because there's a little resistance doesn't mean you're not in the right place. And just because there are potholes in the road, in the road doesn't mean that we shouldn't use the roads to get to where we're going. Sometimes we need to find an alternate route. Sometimes we just need to do our best to avoid the potholes and or pitfalls. So a couple of questions. Now, this may, may, not, this may not affect you at all. May be very profound. See what the Holy Spirit does. Who told you you're not worthy? Who told you you don't matter? Who told you that's insignificant? Who told you you never amount to anything? Who told you it's too late? Who told you 
You're not good enough. Now, I've heard all those. I have been told, but I can tell you one thing for sure. It wasn't the Lord that told me. See, because his word tells us that we are chosen before the foundation of the world. The word tells us that you are loved so much so that he gave his only begotten son. You are a part of the whole. You can't just have something with a piece missing. It's no longer whole. You are an important part of that whole. If, if, if I cut one of those six strings off of Joey's guitar, that is, I'd have to pray for me. <laughs> I don't touch Joey's guitar. But if it only had five strings, it's no longer a six-string guitar. But it's only an E string. <laughs> you, you try to play everything you need to play without the E string or without both of them, because there's two, right? One at the top and one at the bottom. You need them both. Or take the middle string, the second lowest string on the bass. Take away three of those symbols. <laughs> Run! <laughs> it's not complete. If I take the top off this pulpit, well, it's only a piece of glass. But it's a part of a whole. You are not insignificant. We are all living stones, building up. The Word tells us that you are already a priest and a king, children of the Most High God, joint heirs with Abraham and with Jesus. What is too late? Are you dead? If you're still breathing, it's not too late. You may not feel like you did yesterday, and you may not feel like you're going to feel tomorrow, but it's not too late. There's someone that will stand on your shoulder and whisper in your ear, it's too late. Never a loud voice either. It's just a nagging little whisper. We have to remember that before you knew him, he knew you. Before you confessed him as Lord, he knew and loved you. Before you confessed him as Savior, he died for you. Before you drew your first breath of air, he was bruised for you. Before you praised your first praise to him, 
He has healed you by his stripes. You know, I haven't opened a verse of Scripture yet, but tell me that everything that I haven't said so far is not word-based. If, 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 if I was to take every verse of Scripture that I've just made reference to, I'd have pages and pages of references we could go through. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to, get, to a, I'm trying to get to a point. See, I don't stand here as one having it all together. Just so you know. Because if I had it all together, it's not where I left it. I think it's safe to say that we all face a few issues and a few challenges. And some way more than their fair share of obstacles and issues. But we have 66 books written to tell us how much God loves us. He's not given up on us. Now, if you've been reading through the Bible in a year, as I, as I trust most of you have, because it's something that the, the pastors suggest that we do, and as good faithful sheep, we should do what the pastors tell us to do. We've been listening and reading, because some will actually have it play for them and read to them instead of just reading the words, which is cool too, as long as you're listening to the word. The Israelites, the Hebrews, more often than not, were walking in the wrong direction, worshiping things that they weren't supposed to do. And what did God spend all his time trying to do? Get them to come back to him. To get them to come into his presence. To get them to follow him. Why? Because he's an egomaniac that just wants to have servants? No. Because he knows that in his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, there is peace. In his presence, there is provision. Under the shadow of his wing, there is protection. Just because we don't feel worthy, or maybe we feel unworthy, doesn't change a fact. Feelings have nothing to do with it. How we feel makes no difference at all because it's not about us. The one that makes us worthy and the one it is all about is Jesus. He is the worthy one. He is the righteous one. And he is the one through whom we are made righteous. So, another question. Do you believe Jesus is Lord? Yes. I think it's safe to say everyone in this room does. And it's safe to say that most of you watching are, do, did. Do you believe that he has saved you? That's the faith it takes. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, and we are saved. Well, we're getting ready to break open the word here now. Here's a couple of foundational truths. Absolute important. See, God is not willing that any should perish. But there are people that are going to. 
God's not willing that any should be sick, but there are people that are. This is where the challenge comes. See, we know that we will come to eternal life, and he wants us to come to eternal life, and he wants us to have that life more abundant. Jesus is good because his Father is good. And the Word says that he goes about doing good and healing all that were sick. So the foundational truth is this. Jesus is good. The Father is good. He does good. And he wants to heal all that are sick. So does God go around doing bad? No. Does God go around giving sick? No. No. It's important. It's real important. Because how many times do we hear the phrase, you know, when it comes to whether it's plague, pestilence, disease, flood, famine, earthquake, the term act of God. Just because God is all-powerful doesn't mean, unless he preordained it, that he's going to do that. And he won't do it to you because he will protect you from it. So let's go, let's, let's open up the word. Enough of John. Those are all paraphrases according to John. But this John. 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord, in a New Living Translation, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. He wants everyone to repent. That doesn't mean everybody's going to. Just John 3.16 and 17. The John, the Gospel of John 3.16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. All true so far, right? Sound familiar though? Okay, just checking. Just so you know, I'm not making this stuff up, right? You guys know that anyway. John 10.10. 10. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Whose purpose? Thief. The thief's purpose. Okay. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Hmm, bit of a contrast there, isn't there? Okay, so we know which side's up. Okay. Let's go to 3 John 2. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you 
and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Does that sound like we're supposed to be sickly and in lack? Okay. Healthy and strong. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all, say that with me, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So if you weren't sure about anything else, are you included in all? Yep. Okay. Check. And then the last one for, for a few minutes. Philippians 4.19. Am I going too fast? Okay. There's so much in there. It's just bubbling up. Philippians 4.19. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. All right. So here's a question for you. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm right with this assumption. I'm pretty sure I am. Does anyone know of a verse where Jesus did not heal someone of a disease that was presented to him? I couldn't find one. It said he healed all that came. He healed around, they brought all the sick. They brought many sick. Read through the Gospels, Acts. Like there isn't a case where Jesus sent someone away unhealed. So, we know it's his will to be healed. We know it's his will to be whole. We know it's his will for us not to be in lack. So we too are healed. We too are redeemed. We too are delivered. And I hear a voice in the distance saying, wait a minute, Brother John. If that was true, why are so many dealing with so many different things? It's not a question of the work not being done. It's a question of the package not being received. Okay, let's take it out of the scriptural context for a minute and get into the contemporary world, because that's the world that we're living in. The, world will, the word will apply, but we walk in this world. We browse for stuff online, right? We see it. I browse for stuff online all the time. I know I'm not the only one that's ever used Amazon or bought something online. But you know, I can browse and scroll and do all that, and I can see all kinds of wonderful things. But until I click add, right, it's not coming my way. Unless I go to the checkout and actually fill out the form and put in my numbers, it's still not coming. It may be in my basket, but it's not coming anytime soon. It could be in my wish list, 
It could be in my shopping basket. It could be in my cart, whatever it is that they want to call it on the particular app. And there it will sit. Somewhere in the, right there, we're looking in the virtual world, but that thing is somewhere in a warehouse waiting to come off the shelf to go onto a cart to get into a truck or a ship or a container or a train, plane or automobile or something to get it to where it's intended to go. Because that thing, whatever it is, was intended for a purpose. And its purpose is not being fulfilled in that box on that shelf in the warehouse. Now, I have seen it. I've seen the picture. I want it. But I don't have it. And it's there, created for a purpose, intended to go and fulfill what it was created for. And there it sits. All right, so let's take it the next step further. We fill out the numbers. We hit submit. Your order has been confirmed. It's on its way. No, not yet. The order has been confirmed. It has been acknowledged. Your payment is being processed. It still has to go through. See, there is sometimes a time between when we see it and want it, when we actually have it. Okay, so we'll go to the next step. We've clicked submit. Process is being confirmed. Payment's being confirmed. Payment's being processed. Your order has been shipped. It's still not at the door. It's still not in the mailbox. I still don't have it. Hmm. But I ordered it. Yeah. But I still don't have it. Nope. It's still moving. It's still created for that purpose. Nothing has changed with it at all except for its geographic location. I wonder if anybody is beginning to see what it is I'm doing here. So, it's being shipped. I click on the app. I go track. Oh, I can see on the timeline it's moving. It's gone from... Somewhere to received at the warehouse. Move to a shipping depot. It's getting closer, but it's still not here. Taking forever. I don't understand what's taking so long. I mean, you ordered it, every thing from Asia. <laughs> Slow boat from China? <clears throat> yeah, huh? sometimes. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it just takes time. Okay. So you track it. It's getting closer. You get a notification saying, delivery has been attempted. It's like, oh, I've been waiting and I've missed it. Maybe it's just a notification because it would go into a P.O. box. So they have to say that it was attempted because nobody was actually there to receive it. Or maybe they came and actually went to your building and put it somewhere and put one of those little notes saying, sorry, we missed you. You have to go to the depot to pick it up now. Or maybe it actually is dropped on the step at the 
back door instead of the front. Or at the front door instead of the back, where you wouldn't think to look because nobody ever goes there. But you still don't have it. It's been days or weeks, months, and I saw it. I paid for it. Or it's been paid for for you. Hmm. But we still don't have it. All right, so let's take it another notch. It's arrived. It's on the step. And lo and behold, one of them pesky porch pirates come by and scoops it up before you get home. The nerve, the audacity, a thief, a robber has stolen that which was paid for and delivered. But you don't have it because it's been taken. It's been robbed. It's been intercepted from your being able to use it. Does this sound familiar? Am I drawing a parallel here? You're beginning to see how we're connecting the dots? Every issue, everything that we are struggling with or struggling for, a price has been paid that is beyond our understanding. And everything that is contrary to health and prosperity and well-being is what? It's under the curse. And guess what? I've got some good news for you. We have been redeemed from the curse. Which means if it is a curse, we are redeemed from it. Which means there was a price paid for it so that we don't have to have the curse. We get to walk in the health we get to walk in the antidote of that curse. If you should happen to go into, we're not going there. No way we got time to go there. Where did I write that? Bear with me one second. Let me see if I can find out where I am in my notes. Nowhere close to, to my notes. That's all good because God is good. If we were to, to go through the blessings and the curse as outlined in Numbers, in the, in the 28th chapter of Numbers, and I could read it, but we're not going to. There are 14 verses that discuss the blessing. When you obey and you trust 14 verses that talk about us being above and not beneath, being blessed in the field, blessed, going in, coming out, coming in, going out, whatever, we're blessed, prosperous. We will enjoy buildings we didn't build, fruit from trees we didn't plant. That's blessing. There are 14 verses discussing that. There 
are 52 verses outlining and discussing the curse. It's more than three to one. Three lines describing the curse versus the blessing. Three times the likelihood of a curse versus a blessing, numerically speaking. We are redeemed from the curse. I want to I go there. If I don't read anything else, we've got to read this. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, please. This is, this is important because there is a pressure applied to us every day. And that porch pirate thief I mentioned in my illustration, right? There's a real one sitting on your ear. He tries to steal every good word of truth, every promise, every hope, every glimmer of light. If he can get his grubby little paws on it, he wants to take it and snatch it from you, and he wants to rub you out. He can't. If he could, he would. He can't. He won't. Another illustration, just before we really read Galatians. I can put a gate up in my yard, right? I can put a fence, because a gate without a fence wouldn't make any sense. But in the fence, I could create a gate. But if the fence is this high, right, I can still walk over the fence. If somebody wants to get into my yard, that gate and that fence is not going to stop them. I could build a higher fence with a bigger gate. If they want in, guess what? You're still getting in. Okay, let's look at it the other way. How many people here have had a dog with a fence with the intent of keeping the dog in the fence? Now, I've known two types of dogs. Dogs that will either accomplish great feats of gymnastics in order to be able to get over that fence or turn into a groundhog and get under the fence. So just because we build an obstacle of defense doesn't necessarily stop the enemy from getting through. He's going to keep on trying. You have locks on your doors. A burglar wants in, locks ain't going to stop him. I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm trying to paint a picture of reality here. We're dealing, we're dealing with things. I'm, I'm using physical and natural illustrations for very real spiritual truth. We are fighting for our lives, folks. And we have a victory that has already been won. But we need to apply that victory. Standing in his presence, being in his presence under the shadow of the Almighty is, is the greatest place and the greatest opportunity that we have. To be able to declare his praise and his glory in the midst of every situation that we go through is how we win. Is how we win. We speak his word and we give him thanks. We speak his word and we give him thanks. We speak his word and we give him thanks. 
And when we're done speaking his word and giving him thanks, we do it again. And we do it again. And we do it again. We never stop. As long as we have breath, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Unless you stop breathing, praise the Lord. Right? Truth or not? Galatians chapter 3. Verse 13, you got it. But Christ has rescued us from the curse. King James Version says redeemed. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles in the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promise, Holy Spirit, through faith. I could go on, but I'll pause there. He has redeemed us. So, don't get me wrong. It's not about what we are doing. We cannot earn it. We don't deserve it. It is a gift. It is done. It is a price that has been paid. We didn't pay it. So it's not about our works. But there is an application that we need to do. Another illustration, if you'll indulge me. See if I can figure this thing out. It's been a long time since I used one of these. So everybody know what this is, right? Probably makes a better umbrella than it does a walking stick, but. In the pouring rain, like this, what is it doing? Is it of any benefit to me or anyone else? No. What's it going to do? <laughs> Collect water. <laughs> it's it's not, certainly not going to do what it's intended to do. What's it intended to do? To repel water. How does that work? It's here. I'm holding it. Oh, what? I got to do something? There's more to do? Cool. Is that going to help me? Still not got it right, do I? How about this? Not unless it's a driving rain. <laughs> no, it's, it's supposed to be like this, right? But, but if I'm holding it like this, it, it'll help somebody, maybe if they're standing over there, it's not going to help me at all. So there is something that I need to do to be underneath it. I need to use it. I need to use the word. I need to apply the word. I need to speak the word. I need to give him praise. I need to give him glory. I need to... The works of the evil one have been defeated. I need to remind the evil one that he is a defeated foe. And that he may knock on my door, but I'm not letting him in. 
He may huff and he puff, but he's not blowing the house in. Our house is built on a strong foundation. It's not built on, it's built on the rock. It's not built on sand. It's not built of wood, hay, or stubble. It's built on rock. It's being cleansed by the blood. You've been cleansed by the blood. You've been healed by the blood. You've been redeemed. Thank you, Lord. And just like that. Is that any help to you tonight? Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your loving kindness, your everlasting mercy, your grace beyond measure, for your covenant kindness. Thank you that you have made a way, that you continue to make a way, that you bring us light in the darkness, that you bring us shelter in the heat, that you create a dry place in the midst of that sea. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that everyone within the sounds of my voice hears your word and that your word forth goes forth and accomplishes that which it's set forth to do. And that's to bring about real change, to bring forth life, goodness, abundance, and blessing. Thank you that it empowers each and every one that hears it and each and every one that speaks it in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.